Welcome to the Renny Podcast, a podcast about the real estate market and the people connected by it. We seek to empower our listeners to make informed decisions while providing context for the real estate world around them. We hope that with every episode, you become a little more knowledgeable and a lot more curious. Today, we're discussing the latest residential real estate data across Vancouver region for February 2021. We'll focus on three key insights. The first insight being how housing demand remains historically high in February. The second insight is on how supply remains constrained. Our third insight is on how market activity is likely to normalize later this year. My name is Justine Liu, and joining us today is Rennie advisor and Rennie leader Lorenzo Demonato, and along with us is Ryan Berlin, our senior economist and director of intelligence, and Bowen Bean Posse, housing analyst here at Rennie. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today? We're good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, doing well. It's doing good. well? Yeah. Lorenzo? Fantastic. It's a beautiful day out there. It is great. Good to hear. Good to hear. It's uh, nice to see everybody in here today. The weather's looking sunny and nice. I would typically ask if spring break is around the corner, what you guys have plans, but seems like we're not going to be going anywhere still. Yeah, no plans for spring break. Uh, no plans for St. Patrick's Day celebrations, <laughs> but uh, hopefully things will start kind of opening up soon enough. Maybe in April, the summertime, we'll, we'll see. What kind of a world do we live in where Bowen doesn't have St. Patrick's Day? Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> So let's go into our insight number one, how housing demand has remained historically high in February. Ryan Bowen, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, there is uh, almost 6,500 sales in February across the Vancouver region. So that was the second most uh, of any February going back uh, across the region's history. It was this continued pattern of record-setting sales counts or even near record-setting sales counts. And we kind of saw it across all home types. Again, we were kind of tracking that throughout the month and we we saw it, but... um, Really, really crazy numbers, eh, Ryan? Huge numbers. I mean, it's so going through the last six months of 2020, we were sort of flirting with 5,000 sales plus or minus every month. And now in February, the shortest month of the year, winter, typically not a super active month. Like if we look back over the past 10 years and just look at averages, the most active month is May. And we've averaged just over 5,000 sales in May again, being our highest month. And we just tallied almost 6,500 sales in February. Yeah. I mean, it was all product types. We saw the most detached sales since uh, June of 2017, most condo sales in a month since uh, June of 2017, most townhome sales kind of uh, on record going back uh, in a given month. So pretty crazy. Yeah. And I mean, and when you look geographically within the region, it's that these sales numbers are not being driven by a particular area. So every area within the region almost down to the neighborhood level is seeing year over year increases in sales. So when we look at detached homes, townhomes, condos, and whether we look year over year or month over month, we're seeing increases literally across the board with the exception of Burnaby East, where it's Armageddon, uh, (laughs) with only nine townhome sales this February versus 12 last February. But literally that is the only exception to the trend that we're seeing everywhere. So, Lorenzo, you've been active in the market from Vancouver all the way up to the Valley. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Well, you could definitely see the market trend change last year, right around, probably around June, July. Once you realize with COVID, you're stuck at home, you just started to see families start to realize, hey, you know what, we need to change. Uh, So I was, uh, my client base was almost moving geographically further out. I think for this year alone, I've done transactions from Vancouver to Chilliwack, literally, and it's just people moving out from lower mainland, wanting more space, but you see the market activity, you could see it really ramp up. 
Uh, there's one example I can give you. I remember going to uh, an open house. My clients, have, they were living in a townhome. They wanted to upsize to a detached home. They sent me a listing. It was a 3,000 square foot house. This was probably around September. On the listing, the agent had it posted. Okay, we're going to do showings for three hours in the afternoon. Basically, at 6 p.m. that night, we're going to look at offers. So we book a showing. Part of the requirements of the showing is you have five minutes in the house. You have to start at the front door, work your way from the top down, leave through the basement, and that's all you had. And the wow. lineup was down the street. Wow. And this wow. is just one example of the frenzy. It's not always like that. But definitely, even for myself, if I'm posting, you know, if I'm booking showings by appointments on a weekend, they're full. And is it your experience that people are looking for, you know, and looking for more space, right? Because they're spending more time at home. They're looking for a more full service home for work and for play and and all that stuff. Do you find that people are sort of staying at their near to their existing price point and and maybe looking south and east in the region? to get more space at the same price? Or do you find that buyers are, are pretty willing in this environment with low interest rates to sort of move up market? And are they prioritizing, you know, Bowen and I talked about this, are, are they prioritizing location or, you know, amount of space currently? I'm seeing a little bit of both. I think people have a fundamental uh, change of what they're looking for and it's space and as well as home size. Their focus has changed from, we want everything in our homes. We want the backyard and we want that extra rec room just in case we're stuck at home. We can't travel. We can't do the things that or the activities we used to do in the outdoors. So it's definitely a, f- a fundamental change in preference for a lot of the people. So instead of like location, 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 it's almost like location, location, product type uh, in, a, in, a, in a way, right? It's mostly product type and, and location. I'm seeing people go further beyond the boundaries of where they want it to be. I've had clients looking in uh, from downtown Vancouver to Langley. Now it's getting pushed out as far east as Abbotsford. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the actual year-over-year increases in sales in February, the biggest leaps are in the Langleys and the Surreys and the North Deltas of the region where we're seeing sort of like a doubling in sales activity. So there's obviously a lot of appetite to sort of just find find the right home. And yeah, you know, sales don't really show any signs of slowing down. We're currently on pace to, to almost match the all-time sales count in any given month um, here in March 2021. So, Bowen, what was the record high? Yeah, I mean, the the record for all-time sales in, in a given month was March 2016, where we had around 8,200 sales. And we're currently on pace for just over 8,000 sales in this March. So we'll see kind of how that plays out in the back half of the month here. But it's still, you know pretty jaw-dropping to see these sales counts given the accelerated price increases. And so that leads us into our second insight of how home price growth has accelerated due to inadequate supply being available to would-be buyers. Bowen, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, we've seen kind of the second highest uh, February sales count on record, right? And, and pair that with um, really, really limited supply. I mean, the fourth lowest February on record in terms of inventory, or at least in the past, you know, 30 plus years. So the inventory uh, has re- remained kind of really constrained in the market. Um, we're down 19% versus last year and 32% below below that 10-year average. And, and we're seeing that um, when we look at the, the 10-year average, we're kind of seeing that constraint across all home types. Yeah, and I think... <clears throat> 
I think what's happening is we're not seeing the new listings accumulate at all. There's not, you know, we're sort of on track, like on new listings are tracking essentially with where they were last year. And with this robust demand, uh, anything that is listed is immediately bought up essentially. And so we have these, and maybe Lorenzo, you can shed some light on this and your experience in, in, in this regard. You have groups of people looking at going to an open house uh, or looking at a home, only one of them gets it. And then you still have, you know, sometimes dozens of buy of would-be buyers that are still looking for their next home. Absolutely. I've actually seen the same buyers at another listing because like my clients, we wanted that listing. We didn't get it. And then we're off to the next one. And you see familiar faces starting to go through those same diff- or different doors. Listings, if, if my client sends me a listing and it's 10 days on market, I'm pretty sure it's probably already been spoken for already. Uh, a good example, uh, even just my own personal uh, experience recently, I had a client list his house. They were looking at another property. We literally got an accepted offer within a day. And by the time we've got that offer signed back final, we had already written on the other one. We had to lock it up right away before somebody else jumped on it. Yeah. And, and just, you know, going back to Bowen, what you had said that or alluded to there that this isn't, you know, it's not one product type that's driving this. So inventory has remained constrained. Detached homes are in high demand. And if you've got one, you don't want to let it go necessarily. So I think the current inventory of detached housing relative to the long run average is almost 50% lower. Townhome inventory compared to the long run average is down 40%. And then even condo (laughs) inventory is down 13%, which is a whole other interesting thing to contemplate here because, you know, we talk, we focus so much on houses and the need for space and townhomes and how in demand they are. And, you know, there was, there was a lot of talk about the weakness in the condo market. Um, and that talk has persisted over the past few months, but we're even seeing, you know, again, relative to history, we're seeing condo inventory, not really there. So what we're seeing in the resale market really is many multiples of would be buyers for, um, you know, every available listing. Um, and that is pushing up prices, which we'll talk about in a second. But as I understand it, this, the situation is a little bit different within the pre-sale segment of the market. It certainly is. And, and buyers should start looking at that segment as well, because with the pre-sale market, you're not overly competing for that same home as you would in the resale market. So the price isn't getting driven up. Plus you have time to really think about that home that you're purchasing. So if it's completed product that developer still has for sale, you're still not in that resale frenzy. The developer is more inclined to look at the completion terms because they want you to complete sooner than later. So you're not still involved in that situation where you're on a price frenzy. And yeah, that kind of like stands a, a little bit in contrast to what we're seeing on the, the resale market with these, you know, large price increases uh, month over month and, and especially year over year. Um, you know, the benchmark price in the, in the Vancouver region up 9% year over year up 17% for detached to uh, 9% for townhomes and up, up 3% for condos. So pretty large increases there. And, and you know, it's not unique to, to Vancouver, right? The average sales price in Toronto was up 15% year over year in Montreal is up 20% in Ottawa. It was even up 26%. And we know that these price increases, they're not sustainable over the long term, right? I mean, these are, these are very significant increases that I think are being driven by a unique set of conditions Almost all of them, in fact, are in response to um, COVID. (laughs) 
And that brings us to insight number three. Market activity is likely to normalize later this year. Ryan, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, you know, as I as I mentioned, I think there's a confluence of factors right now that are leading to, uh, in particular, increased demand. And anyone who's listened to this podcast uh, previously has heard us talk about pent-up demand and the 11,000 homes that normally would have transacted in the first six months of 2020, but didn't because there was so much uncertainty in the market. And that was our so-called pent-up demand. And we've been tracking the unpenting of that demand since then over the last eight months. And as of February now, all of that, according to our measure, all of that pent-up demand from the first half of 2020 has become unpent. So that going forward is not likely to be a driver of uh, the demand side of the market. So then what are we dealing with? And so, you know, we look at, there are other forms of demand. There's, there are certainly, you know, people who are normally maybe would have made a purchase two years down the line and instead they're deciding to make that purchase today. So that's, that's what we might call borrowed demand. So they're borrowing that demand from the future um, because interest rates are low, because they realize, hey, we need more space, that kind of thing. So the, that demand really comes at the expense of it materializing in the future. And then we have what we call induced demand, which is really arises in a situation where the conditions create additional transactions. So imagine somebody who maybe lives in a condo now and has aspirations to move into a detached home in five years, but you know, maybe because interest rates are low, the parents are able to uh, help them out a bit because they've saved up a little bit of extra money. They can move into a townhome in the short term and still then aspire to that detached home down the line. So it's a, it's a purely net new transaction because of the favorable conditions. So to the extent that right now we have some borrowed demand and induced demand at play in our market, um, we don't see that perpetuating over the longer term. So we, we do expect that the, the pace of sales will slow and maybe move more back towards historical averages towards the end of the year. So then we look at the supply side of the market and we say, well, what would, what would increase inventory? And I don't necessarily think that new listings are going to rise significantly unless we see a real deterioration in the labor market. So if the unemployment rate starts to move back up, it's been moving down for many, many months. So in other words, if people aren't working, the government supports aren't there, they can't afford the mortgage, we are going to see listings increase. But I think what we'll see in the in the medium term is inventory just again, move back more towards historical averages. And so when we talk about our market, quote unquote, normalizing, you know, I've read about crashes and hard landings, but I think as we look at the market slowing and becoming more sustainable, it's also being supported at the end of this year and into 2022 by increased immigration, which we will see and the ongoing job recovery um, as we see employment get back to pre-COVID levels by the end of this year. So, you know, with conditions changing, Lorenzo, you know, what kind of advice are you giving to your buyers given the frenzy that we're seeing in the market now versus, you know, the uncertainty of, of, of waiting? I, I, right now, there's, I've got a, several clients that have wanted to move and, and do that transition now or even in the latter part of last year. Uh, they're actually in a holding pattern. They're waiting for the market to stabilize a little bit. They think it's getting a little bit out of control for where they want to be. So right now they're holding off. Um, with real estate, if they find the home that they love, I still encourage them to go for it. They just have to be proactive, be prepared, and expect that there will be roadblocks when they go for that purchase. 
And just be aware that the financial expectation of that purchase may not be where they originally wanted it to be. But right now, for now, there's, there's several people and clients that are actually holding off until the latter part of the year. Yeah, I would imagine that regardless of the conditions in the marketplace, um, it's really important when you're working with, with, with buyers in particular that they remain disciplined and stay within their means um, when looking for a home. That's right. I'm always trying to, to reiterate that we need to maintain calm and balance is key in order for them to make an informed decision. So in addition to demand likely slowing through this year, another headwind facing our market is rising interest rates, the prospects of rising rates, but actually the reality of it too, because we have seen um, at least fixed uh, rate mortgages um, increase in the last couple of years. So Lorenzo, I'm sure you have a, a, a take on this as a mortgage specialist. Yes, what many people don't realize is that I'm actually a licensed mortgage broker, and I've been so since 2008, so I actually survived the financial crisis as well. Um, and throughout uh, last year in COVID, uh, the banks have actually tightened up their lending requirements. Uh, they wanted more documentation for each file. They want shorter documents. We used to be able to provide uh, pay stubs, for instance, that were 30 days old. Now they want to go down to 15 days old, uh, just to make sure that people are still employed. Uh, they're also looking at income versus rental dependency. So if a purchaser has a couple rental properties and they're getting great revenue from their rental property, but their income wouldn't support that if it was vacant or on rental freeze, uh, banks are really tightening up on those types of files. With the rates being historically low, sub 2% for fixed and mid ones for the variables, the underwriters are overwhelmed right now. Files are going in. Uh, some turnaround times are 10 to 20 days before an underwriter will pick up and review a file. Uh, so there's a lot going on on the borrowing side. There has been a silver lining for borrowers. Rates have never been lower. The rates have never been so aggressively competitive. And homeowners are generating equity in their homes. So it's a win for most people. We talk about rising rates as a potential headwind for the market, but you know, are there you know are people locking in rate holds for ninety to one hundred days now? Because if so, even as rates rise over the next couple of months, they're still going to have access to really cheap money, and so that that actually could work to support demand through you know through through the spring. You're absolutely right because once uh, once rumors were out last week that rates were going up slightly for the fixed rates, everybody was submitting their rate hold extensions for another four months. So people still have lower rates for another four months to continue their shopping. So that's some really good points that we touched here on how the market continues to be historically high in February and how the supply continues to be restrained. But what are some of the key insights or takeaways that you want our listeners to take away from for all of this, Lorenzo? First and foremost is to get pre-qualified. You want to be proactive in your search so you're one step ahead of your competition because essentially that's what it is right now. And make sure you have a clear understanding of your wants and wish list and eliminate and understand what you can live with and can't live without when you find that home. Before we end here, I have a really, really serious question I want to ask you. This is a question I've been kind of going back and forth with Ryan and Bowen. We discussed last time and I want to ask you, what's your take on this? On your pizza, do you put uh, pineapples? Yes or no? Definitely no. It's what? not an Italian thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Correct okay. answer. Yeah, see, I'm still O for O then. <laughs> Am I the only one that's pro pineapple? No, I'm on board. I'm on board. Okay, yes. okay, okay. There we go. There we go. All right. <laughs> 
so Lorenzo, thank you so much for joining us today. Is there any way for our listeners to connect with you? Absolutely. They can find me on Instagram at Lorenzo underscore real estate or simple Google if you know how to spell my name. Uh, as well, you can check on the Rennie website and just Google Lorenzo under Rennie Advisors. That's amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me here. It was an honor to be here. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of the Rennie Podcast. To dig deeper into the data, be sure to check out our latest Rennie review on our intelligence information on rennie.com slash intelligence. To be the first to receive this information straight to your inbox, register for intelligence updates. Lorenzo, thank you so much again. Ryan and Bowen, thank you for your insight today. Until next time, goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to learn more, all resources mentioned in the episode can be found on rennie.com.